Hi everyone and welcome again to our service, our whole Prodeo family, everyone on SEALS course and just everyone who's watching for the first time today. We're so glad that you're tuning in for our third part in our series, Joy, Finding Joy in Lockdown. Let's be honest, it is not always easy to stay joyful when you're facing difficult and hard circumstances. This week, again, I spoke to so many people who's really facing some significant challenges. And that is why we started this series, because I believe that we can remain joyful and hopeful even when life is sometimes tough and difficult. And we are busy with the study uh, through the book of Philippians, a book that Paul wrote while he was in prison in Rome. He writes a book to the church in Philippi to encourage them and to help them to find joy during difficult times. And that's why we're busy with this. But before we continue today, let me ask you a quick question. And I want you to answer this on the comment line if you're watching today. What is the one thing you miss most during lockdown? What is the one thing you had pre-lockdown that you do not have now? What is the one thing you miss most during lockdown? Quickly jump on the comment line and let us know what the one thing is that you miss the most. But while you're typing, I quickly wanted to do a quick recap and remind you what we're talking about in this series. We are talking about the fact that joy is not the same as happiness. The one happiness, and you can also use the words interchangeably, but the one we're talking about something that comes from the outside in. So happiness is normally something we gain. Um, it's a cause and effect. We buy something, we feel happy about it. But the same way, if it's taken away from us, we feel sad. The happiness is lost. It is temporary. Where joy is something that comes from deep inside of us. Despite what is going on in our circumstances, we can remain joyful because it's not connected to our circumstances. It's connected to something much deeper. And we learned in the previous two weeks that joy has a root in faith because our faith gives us a bigger purpose than the challenges we're facing. So it's rooted in our faith. Our faith gives us a bigger purpose. We know that I'm not my own provider for the purpose of my life. God is because he is the designer of my purpose and therefore I'm filled with joy. Last week we also learned that joy can come from our relationships with other people, healthy relationships are a source of joy, of encouragement, of strength, where unhealthy relationships steal that out of our lives. So how do we get joyful relationships, healthy, life-giving relationships? We model our relationships on the way Jesus acted. We, decide, we make it a choice to stay healthy by following his example of unity and humility. So if you missed one of those two topics, go back to our website, go back to YouTube, um, Facebook, whatever. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube, that you're following us on Facebook, and there you can catch up um, again. But today we're at our third topic of this series. And our topic today is finding joy in Jesus. We talked about faith. We talked about family. But I want to like really pinpoint it today. And I believe that this greater source, we already saw that Jesus is a source of joy within our relationships with family. We already saw that Jesus is a source of our faith. But I wanted to really pinpoint it today. What do you do 
when everything you value in life, when everything you build, everything you spend your whole life building, what do you do when it becomes worthless, when it starts crashing down, when your job is lost, when you're just laid off or you lose your job, when the money that you saved so hard on uh, just plummets as, as the markets crash? What do you do when everything goes south? And I believe that's where Jesus comes in. And if you're not a Christian today, I really want to encourage you to listen to this message because I do believe that we don't just find our joy in Jesus because Christians are a bunch of weird people that believes fairy tales. I believe that we find joy in Jesus because he brings something to the table that we cannot find anywhere else. And if you are a Christian, this gives you an opportunity today as you listen to this to re-examine your own life, your relationship with Jesus. But let's talk about finding joy in Jesus when everything we spend our life building, when all of that comes crashing down. And we'll be reading from Philippians 3. If you've got your Bibles, you can open to Philippians 3. If you don't have a Bible, you can also download um, the, the Bible app. But in Philippians 3 verse 1, and we know that the whole book is about joy, right? But he starts chapter 3 with these words in verse 1. He says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. He says it's a safety net when you, when you find your joy in Jesus Christ. But then he continues in verse 8, and after this, he, he mentions a couple, of, a couple of things where people kind of try to find their, their joy in, in other things rather than Jesus. And he himself, he said, I've also tried it. But then in verse 8, he says, what is more, I consider everything I've built, everything I've tried to earn a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Because when I read Philippians 3, and remember our challenge that I, that I gave you at the beginning, go home this week and read the whole chapter. Because I can only touch on a couple of verses, but the whole chapter talks about finding our joy in Jesus. So go home and read it. But um, in this chapter, we kind of see Paul the whole time with this scale. And I don't have one of those scales to, as, as an example today. But you know those old school scales that you always see in the movie with the two buckets? It's like a, a T structure and then it's hanging um, with these two buckets. And people would put a, a certain weight on the one side to measure whatever they put in on this side, whether it's the same weight. And Paul is kind of, I'm, I'm seeing in my mind, him using this example of saying, on the one hand side, I've got all these worldly things that I've tried to achieve my whole life. And he actually talks about it. You can go and read it. He says, on this side, I've got my culture. I was born into the right culture and race. He says, I've got the right traditions. I've got the right family. I came from, from the Benjamites. I've got, I've got the right class the right social economical standing. He says, I'm educated as a Pharisee. I'm religious. I, I am, am faultless when it comes to keeping the laws of the Pharisees. He's, he's powerful. He was able to persecute Christians. He says, I have built a life of 
power. I've built a life of education. I've built a life of money and wealth and, and everything that we think will, will be worthy of our life, the pursuit of our lives. But he says, every time that I've tried to do this, this was found too light because on the other side of this scale, when Jesus enters this side of the scale, it's just so much more, it's worth so much more than everything I've poured my life into. Paul built his life on a solid foundation. That's what he believed with everything he tried to achieve. But in an instant, it was ripped away from him. In an instant, by the way, that he met Jesus. But even throughout the rest of his life, when he knew Jesus, everything that you think would bring a good foundation to your life kept being ripped away from him. At this very moment, he's sitting in jail. His business of a tent maker is gone. His bigger purpose of life, of planting churches, he physically cannot do that now. Everything that he invested his life on in is gone. What do we do when everything we invest, invested our life in gets ripped away in a moment? How do we remain joyful in those circumstances? And I don't know what your circumstances might be today. But I do know that for some people this time of lockdown, the worst thing that's happening is that you have to spend 24 hours a day in your house, right? But for a lot of people out there, the consequences are really significant. And what do we do? How do we remain joyful when we've lost the foundation, not the Jesus foundation, when we've lost the foundation of our power, of our money, of our house, of our business, everything we tried to build into our life? What do we do? Do we ignore the sorrow? Do we ignore the pain? This is why today is so important, because I have often faced our own struggle in my life. What do I do when I have intense sorrow and pain, um, a feeling of loss in my life? How do I remain joyful? Do I put on a fake smile and just pretend that that didn't happen? And the answer is no. When we are in, in times of sorrow and pain, when we're in a time like this, choosing joy doesn't mean that we are ignoring our sorrow. It doesn't mean that I'm saying I'm not experiencing sorrow because I've lost so much in my life. Paul lost a lot of his power as a Pharisee. Paul lost he, uh, probably some people in his family that said, why are you following Jesus now? Well, while you were persecuting him just a while ago, he lost significant things. And even now sitting in jail, he lost his freedom. But he's not ignoring his sorrow, but he is choosing to trust Jesus despite his sorrow. In 2 Corinthians 6 verse 10, he actually writes about this where he compares a whole bunch of things. And in verse 10, he says, being full of sorrow, yet I rejoice. So he's saying, I'm not ignoring my sorrow. I'm not putting on a fake smile and pretending that as a Christian, nothing will ever hurt me or nothing will get to me or that I'm never experiencing sorrow or pain. It's like I am experiencing it and I am, I am full of sorrow, but yet I can rejoice because I choose to trust Jesus. You see, Christian joy acknowledges pain, but it also makes a choice to trust in Jesus. Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope. In the power and love of Jesus. 
Joy comes down to what you put your trust in. We can experience sorrow and pain, but we can still experience joy during those moments. But it depends on where our trust is lying. If our trust is in our culture, if our trust is in our tradition or our language or the color of our skin or the money in the bank account or the house I'm living in, the car I'm driving, my health, all of those things, then I'm setting myself up for not experiencing joy because the moment any one of those those very fragile things get ripped away from me, I will be miserable. Paul is like, all of that can disappear and I can remain joyful because my trust is in Jesus. He writes in verse 8 that he says he considers all these earthly things a loss. And it's not that, that, that his culture and his education didn't have worth. In other places in, in the Bible, other books he wrote, he says that he did have worth. But he says, when I compare it, when I put it in a scale, everything of, of this world offers, everything I can achieve on my own. And on this side, I put Jesus. He says, this is just a surpassing worth. Jesus weighs so much heavier. And what I love about it, he describes in the, in, in the next couple of verses why Jesus fills him with joy despite his sorrow. He's not like you just have to believe this because some pastor preaches this. He says, let me tell you why I can find joy in Jesus despite my sorrow. And he writes about this in verse 10 to 11. And I quickly want to read this to you. He says, I want to know Christ. And I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. What Paul is saying here is he's saying I there, there is something really special something that fills me with joy about having a relationship with Jesus. And the first thing he talks about the first couple of words he mentions he says I want to know Christ. I want to tell you today that there is a difference between knowing something and actually knowing something. Okay, did I know before my daughter Abigail was born 18 months ago, did I know that being a father will be something really special? Yes, I did. Did I have an idea on how I would raise my daughter? Yes, I did. Were those ideas correct? Yes, they were. But were they complete? No, they weren't. Just before Abigail, my daughter, was born, my cousin made this comment. He said that when his first child was born, he said, and the moment he held that baby, it was like every single emotion he has ever experienced in his whole life came crashing down on him. And I can remember the first moment when I held Abigail. It was, it was fear and joy and gladness and sadness about the stuff that will happen in her life and joy about the beautiful things in life. It is, it is such a, a, a completely overwhelming feeling of emotions in that moment. Did I know something like that will happen? Yes. But could I completely understand it? No. Till the moment that I've held her, I could have never understood it completely. And that is basically what Paul is referring to. Not just knowing about this Jesus that lived 2,000 years ago. Not just having this knowledge that we read in the Bible um, about Jesus. But he's talking about really 
really knowing Christ in an intimate relationship. Not just loving Jesus for, for what we read about in the Bible. Not just loving Jesus for what He can do for you. But truly loving Him for who He is. Even if there's no benefit in it, He is enough. What Paul is saying is the beauty of Jesus surpasses the disappointments of this world. It's like when I have an intimate relationship with Jesus. It's just so much better. His, his beauty is so much better than all the horrible things that can happen to me in this life. And I talked about the birth of Abigail. It is, an, it, it is such a good illustration and, and moms would understand this. But I watched Yolandi giving birth to Yolandi, uh, to Abigail naturally without pain medication. And it was tough. And the pain of that was, was incredible. But the moment that they put Abigail in Yolandi's arms, all that pain was just wiped away with the, with, with the beauty of a child holding her child in her own arms. And what Paul is saying is that is the, when I truly know Jesus, his beauty is so much better than all the pain in the world. It's not just something that happens. It's a relationship, an intimate relationship. That is where the joy comes from. From having a relationship with Jesus where His beauty just surpasses the disappointment of the world. But the second thing He talks about, He says, I want to experience His mighty power. You see, Jesus is enough. That's what Paul is saying. But then he says, but Jesus is also powerful. He's not like a baby that's just beautiful, but cannot do anything for themselves. He says, Jesus is beautiful, but he's also in control. Right in this difficult moment in your life, during this pandemic, he is still in control and he can turn your situation around. You see, the first reason why Jesus brings joy is because he's just so beautiful. But the second reason why Jesus falls us with joy is because the power of Jesus is bigger than the power of my problems. My problems is not bigger than my God. It doesn't dethrone my God. I believe that God still does miracles. He did miracles in the time of the Bible. He did miracles during the time of our ancestor. He still does miracles today. And I believe He can do a miracle in your life, no matter what challenges you're facing. You see, I have joy because Jesus is enough, but also because God can change my problems into opportunities. The third reason why Paul says why I find joy in Jesus is because he says, and he talks about this weird concept where he says, I want to experience his suffering so that I can also experience resurrection. And that sounds difficult and weird. But what Paul is saying is, one, Jesus is enough. Two, Jesus can change my situation. But three, even if Jesus doesn't change my situation, this is still not the end. You see, a future with Jesus means that my current loss does not have the final word. Even if I lose everything, it does not mean that everything has ended. There is always a future for us. There's always a future, even if the future is not here. God can create an opportunity for you out of your problem. But even if this pandemic... Even if this lockdown somehow is your end, even if you do lose everything, um, your whole business, everything, 
There is still a future ahead for you. But even if this future, he says, on earth ends because Paul was facing this reality that his jail time might end up in his death. He says, even if that happens, this is not the end because there is a resurrection. There's an eternity that I get to spend with Jesus even after this life. When our whole, few, when our whole focus is on our current circumstances, this moment right here, right now, when this is our whole focus, when everything we think about, when everything we put our trust in is pinpointed in this moment, the end of this moment will feel like the end of our whole story. But it is not. Not with Jesus. Paul had this eternity perspective. And that when we, we, realize that life doesn't just end here when we know Jesus and we trust him it gives us a perspective that looks beyond our current loss it gives us a perspective that looks beyond my current disappointments it gives me a perspective of eternity Paul is saying that I can experience joy in Jesus not just because, because I'm, I'm, I've, I've got this weird hope in the energy or in something that might somehow, if I believe hard enough, do something for me. It's like, no, no, no. I've got a profound, profound joy in Jesus because in Jesus, I found, find a beauty that surpasses difficulty. In Jesus, I found hope that he's got the power to change my current circumstances. But in Jesus, I also have a hope that even if nothing changes, this is not the end for me because there's an eternity that I get to spend with him. Because but what we need to realize today, whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or whether you are considering this today, Christian joy doesn't just appear out of nowhere. It comes from a profound decision of faith and of hope to put my trust in the power and the love of Jesus. How do I get there? If you're listening to this today and you're like, Louis, I want it so bad, but I'm not there. How do I get there? Paul gives us an answer. How do I get to a place where I can experience those three things in my own life? And this is what he's saying in Philippians 3 verse 12 to 14. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Even Paul says that he hasn't arrived yet. It's like, I'm not perfect. I don't always have the perfect trust and the perfect hope in Jesus. I, I, I acknowledge my sorrow, but sometimes it gets the better of me. But how do I move to this place 
where, where I can still find joy in Jesus despite it. He, he says, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to arrive to find that joy. He says, what is important is to not give up on the process. What is important is to keep moving forward, to keep my focus on Jesus. Trajectory, I've said this in the last couple of weeks. That is the most important thing. You can stumble across Jesus. You might stumble across this video today. He, Paul stumbled across Jesus when a light of Jesus blinded him. And you might stumble across Jesus, but rooting your joy in him, rooting your salvation in him, that is a process of journeying with Jesus. Christianity is not about arriving. It is about a process. It's about keeping, keep moving forward towards Jesus. You've got a choice to keep looking back, to keep looking at everything you've lost, at, at, at every disappointment and at every wrong turn you took. But Paul says that doesn't help. If we keep looking back at our loss, we will keep being stuck in that moment of unhappiness, in that moment of a sorrow. It happened, but it's like, it's, it's, it's like a race where if you look backwards to the people chasing you, you will trip and you will fall and you will not finish the race. But he says, I choose to keep moving forward, keeping my eyes focused on the target, keeping my eyes focused on the goal, running straight, not stopping, not slowing down, not giving up. So I want to encourage you today to keep moving forward. Because we can have joy despite our sorrow, despite our pain, despite lockdown, despite everything. Because Jesus is more than enough. But you have to make the decision, the profound decision to keep going after Jesus. To keep trusting Him. To keep putting your faith in Him. And when we do, as we continue to run the journey... You will find that He is enough. His beauty is enough. His power is more than the problems you're facing. And the future with Him is worth more than anything you could have achieved in this life. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you are more than enough. And sometimes it's hard for us to realize it. Sometimes it's hard for us to truly believe it. But that's where faith comes in. And I pray today, God, that you, would, that you would supply us with the grace we need in this journey to keep moving forward. That we can keep giving one step after each other closer to you. I pray that in you, that we will find true joy. You are enough. May we find that in you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Because if you haven't decided to follow Jesus yet and you want to do that, why don't you send us a message, uh, Facebook Messenger, send us an email, info at prodeo.org.za and we would love to connect with you. You're not alone on this journey and we would love to journey with you. So please reach out to us. We would like to journey with you or complete a connection card. You already received the info for this. On the connection card, you can tick a, bo tick a box. If you've decided to follow Jesus today, we will follow up with you and we will journey with you. Please help us. 
um, to continue the work we're doing, share this message, share our post, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our Facebook page, um, make sure that you are connected to Prodeo Church. You are not alone in this. God is with you, but we are also with you to the best of our ability. Thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned. Charlotte is going to give you a bit of info on how you can contribute to the work Prodeo is doing. Bye. Thank you for being a part of our online service today. If you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Prodeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details and the second way is through Snapscan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give or you can follow the link below in the comments. If you enjoyed the video, please share it to everyone you know. We want more people to connect to life-changing relationships. That is it from us. Bye.